many years ago. Uh, I, I currently have t- t- two pets, uh, two dogs. They are pit bull-ish, um, but they are saved. They are born again. So whatever you've heard about pit bulls, I drove out the demons <clears throat> when I got them. But years before that, I had two huskies. Those are the obvious wolf dog type. And nobody told me that when you get huskies, you should prepare for them to shed their entire coat twice a year. And if you think that that's a light thing, they will lose their coat to the point that you have to put it in the coat in black bags. I had a back door and a front door, and sometimes I would just open the back door and front door on a windy day and just let the fur blow out the other side. No, nobody, really, nobody really told me that. It was just like, oh, it was a vibe, it was cool, it became fashionable to own huskies. The other thing I didn't realise is that huskies like to run. So if you opened your gate and they got out, uh, they didn't get out in the neighbourhood. You had to go fetch them in Utenake. <laughs> and I wish I was joking, but something almost as bad as that did in fact happen. The wind, however, had blown my gate off its tracks one evening. The dogs got out in the morning. I waited a few hours. I was sure they were going to come back. They were going to hear my prayers. They didn't. I phoned Animal Welfare and I said, the crazy dogs are gone. What must I do if you, if they, if you catch them or someone brings them in? Please, will you phone me? And they did phone me about three hours later. And I went, uh, I live in Mount Road. I went to Sherwood Garden Centre. There's a garage there. And I picked up my dogs there. And they were there on their way back from, I don't know, Grahamstown or wherever they had gone for the night. Nobody told me. The principle I want to talk to you tonight about, is about recognizing that things come with the territory. And I'll give you a parable to help you um, handle this publicly, handle the process publicly. And then you'll see what I mean. So, so practically, just so you know, maybe the dog thing's like you're not interested in dogs, you couldn't be bothered. But maybe practically, maybe you don't realize that when you marry somebody, he, he or she comes with other stuff. Comes with the territory. She comes with her mother-in-law. No, Matt. (laughs) Do you? You said that very like there was healing happening in your heart. Maybe she comes with debt. No amens there, nothing. You just, that's such a heavy burden you don't even want to respond to it. Maybe she comes with siblings. And there's just, it's with, it's part of the territory. You can't, there's no way of separating a person from the turf that the person comes with. And in that context, Matthew 13 um, is one of those parables. We've been talking about parables the last little while, and I want to spend a little bit of time with you tonight, just a little bit of time talking about things that come with the territory and being wise uh, about what you're taking on. Uh, in fact, there's a really hectic scripture um, uh, let, let me tell you where it is because I, I think it's worth knowing. It's in Matthew 12. It's not on the screen. There's a really hectic scripture about if you drive out a demon from something mean, that's very extreme, okay? No reference to huskies. But I won't have them again. That was traumatizing 
Uh, I don't believe that you can ever own a husky. I believe that a husky owns you. And you just have to accept that. There's howling and a lot of werewolf stuff. And, but there's a, in, in, in this passage of Scripture, it says you drive out a demon and then out of a house, and then the house is empty and clean and not occupied. Then it comes back and it brings more demons with it. And then the person is worse I mean, it's such an extreme scripture. The person is worse, the condition is worse than they were before. And the idea there is, uh, you know, don't do something unless you know what it involves and what it comes with and get the whole thing done or else you'll regret it, right? And so Matthew 13 from the NIV says uh, this, um, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Uh, uh, when a man finds it, uh, uh, um, uh, he hides it again and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. I, I found this, um, I commented on it very briefly this morning, I found this passage of scripture amazing. If somebody finds a treasure, why bother with the whole process of buying the field? But I think the principle I'd like to talk to you about is that you can't just take the treasure part without the territory that the treasure comes with. That's really important. If you find a wonderful spouse or partner, they come with a territory. They come with interests and fears, passions and insecurities, gifts and abilities. And you take the whole person. You just don't take the part only you want. Amen? So when we receive Christ, we receive uh, not only the joy of eternity and the blessing of peace, but with that comes um, that he is my Lord and Saviour. He is my friend and master. He is my older brother. He is the CEO of my company. Uh, he is my, my first place of counsel. And my final word is from him because that comes with the territory. Can you say amen? The idea of cultivating more than just a narrow view of treasure is to recognize that treasure comes with territory. In fact, did you know um, that that's true of you? The Bible says that we have this treasure, heaven, in jars of clay, territory. Isn't it amazing that God wants you in your totality as part of his life, not just the good part of you, but he takes you as you are because that's part of your territory. Isn't that incredible? Isn't it incredible that God who chooses to put his gifts of salvation and joy and authority and all kinds of things in our lives has to and is happy to take us with my prayers for my garden because it comes with the territory. Like I've got this thing. There's, there's one plant that's not growing right now and Jesus and I are working on it. And I, I know that's a very nerdy thing to say, but like maybe if I told you it was like a hectic plant, okay, it's a plant that can kill people. Um, it literally can. But we don't use it like that anymore, okay? It's got poison, but we don't use it like that anymore. But I would like to grow it. So Jesus, can we... It comes with the territory. To know that Jesus loves you, puts treasure in you, even though you come with a temper and an insecurity and a broken heart and 
a hope and a dream and he loves you both the treasure and the jar of clay. That's amazing. I too want to love the Lord, not only for the treasures of heaven and the treasures of peace on earth, but I want to love the Lord with everything that comes with the territory, the obedience, the surrender, the better language, the forgiving when I don't really want to forgive. All of that is part of the territory. And one of the struggles of the faith is, um, the values or the beauties of the faith is being able to take up both, to take up both treasure and territory. There's a passage of scripture in Isaiah chapter 5 that talks, I guess, a little about this. And then I'm going to uh, talk to you about uh, three um, things that come with the salvation territory. In Isaiah 5, there is a poetic story. It's very poetic, so you're going to hear a lot of love language here. I will sing uh, for the one uh, I love, a song about his vineyard. My loved one has a vineyard on a fertile hill. He dug it out and cleared it of stones and planted it with the choicest vines. This is God talking about his relationship uh, with us. He built a watchtower in it and cut a wine press as well. And then, ah, and then the rain. And then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad ones. So this, this passage of scripture is talking about how that God in our, his relationship with us, um, he marks out a territory, he puts a tower of protection, he purges with a, with a wine press, and what he wants from us is to produce good things. And my encouragement, my conversation with you tonight, my encouragement is to accept and receive all of Jesus just as Jesus accepts and receives all of you. And not to divide up uh, who he is into the parts we want and not receive the parts we actually need. Can you say amen to that? That's tempting, you know. Um, I, I don't know what kind of a, a food eater you are, but it's tempting to only want to eat the part of the meal you like. I'm the kind of person who leaves the part I like for the end. Now, some people, they just mix it all up. That's very stressful to me. When I, that personally stresses me out when somebody prepares like meat, potatoes and veggies and then somebody just cuts the meat up and then turns it into a stew. I'm like, have you, you know people like that? I'm like, why did you do that? We, we could have saved ourselves a lot of trouble and just made a stew for you. We could have blended it even and you could have had it that way. I'm the kind of guy, I'm not to the extreme of some of you, I have friends like this where the one can't touch the other. Like, I do know people like that, the potatoes can't touch the peas. I think you need deliverance, that other verse of the demons leaving. But I, I like to keep the best till last. In fact, there's a, there's a miracle in the Bible about water turning into wine and, and Jesus uh, uh, um, putting out the best wine at the end, right? But here's the thing, whether at the beginning or at the end, it's the whole gospel, the whole Jesus, the whole of faith. I receive the treasure and I receive the territory the treasure comes with. It's all included in the one message. Now, at first that might seem extremely simple, but when you put it into practice, it gets a little 
more valuable and sometimes a little harder. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. So I'm going to talk to you about three things that come with the territory over the next few minutes. And we're going to spend a little bit of time leaning into praying about that. So three things that come with the territory. First of all, company comes with the territory. Company comes with the territory. Let me tell you what I mean. I love Jesus, but I must love Jesus' people also. I must love Jesus' people also. That means I mustn't be ashamed of the followers of Jesus. And let me tell you something about the world we live in now. There is an attack on embarrassing Christians, especially online. So that we're forcing ourselves into loving the Lord, but a bit embarrassed about some of the Lord's people. Be careful of that. Because we have brothers and sisters in Christ who are the family of God. And loving Jesus, loving the Father comes with brothers and sisters. Amen? You might want to look at the friend next to you and just recognize, now if you don't love them, you don't have to like show it in your face. But you're going to recognize, some of you are like, I've been wanting all week to tell you that I love you. So this is not that moment. This is don't be, don't be creepy. Don't be a creepy person. But, but here's the thing. Uh, the, the body and the headship are connected. And I can't avoid that. I can't avoid that. We have to stop criticizing the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the people of God, even the crazy ones. We got to just say, that's our crazy aunt. You know what I mean? That's just our, our, our mental sister. Don't post their photo, like don't say, hey, welcome mental sister. I don't want you to do that. But I, I don't want you to let the devil separate you from the people of God because the people of God come with the Lord of the harvest. And it would seem at first, oh, the treasure and the field. Why? Just take the treasure and go, but no, you must buy the field. You must buy the field because the treasure is in the field. And I really battled with that, um, those kinds of ideas a lot. It's easy to be a selfish Christian, just me and Jesus and my desires and God's desires and not worrying about anybody else and, you know, cringing at some of the cheesy things Christians do. Christians do do some cheesy things. But so does your mom, your aunt, your dad now and then. Let's be honest. Still, they are family. And I think one of the great things this parable teaches us about what the kingdom of God is like is that I get the territory and I get the treasure. And one of the treasures that I get, uh, one of the territories that I get with the treasure is that I get the Lord and I get the people of God at the same time. I think we need to increase our love for the people of God as much as we've increased our love for the Lord. In fact, you know, there's a passage of Scripture in the book of James that says that a man who says he loves the Lord whom he cannot see but cannot love his brother whom he does see lies and the truth is not in him. Isn't that a powerful Scripture? The powerful Scripture is to say, like if you can't love the person you can see and help the person you can see, how can you say you love the one you cannot see? There's something really powerful about recognizing that part of my spiritual journey is that the people of God are my people too. And I have to admit um, that sometimes we get critical and maybe judgmental and maybe 
embarrassed, we don't associate. But let me tell you, if somebody carries the name of Jesus, they are our family. Can you say amen to that? The serious ones, the crazy ones, the over-evangelizing ones, the slightly disinterested ones, if they are followers of Jesus, they are family of mine. They are family of mine. Let's clap on that one probably, just to warm the... I'm telling you, there's a selfish Christianity creeping in. A selfish Christianity that says, I love the Lord and I only love other people who love the Lord the way I love the Lord. If they do it my way, if they speak in tongues, they're my people. If they don't speak in tongues, they're not my people. If they flip and flop at church services, they're my people. If they don't, they're not my people. If they sing elevation, they're my people. If they sing something else, they're not my people. I had to be careful there, just to, I might cause a split here. And yet, all people who carry the name of Christ, who say that they are our people, do not let the enemy, the devil, divide up the bride and body of Christ uh, as if we can pick and choose only the things we want. The treasure and the territory come together. Can you say amen to that? Matthew 9, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Uh, this reminder that I don't do it on my own. When you see the field, remember there's a Lord and the Lord is sending laborers. We're all working on it together. That there's this concept that Christ is trying to teach us that, that uh, he is our treasure, but, but the people are part of the package. You know, pack, um, I, I so wish people would recognize that everything comes in a package. Uh, you, you know, uh, the person, the job, the hobby, it all comes with extras. Um, a few years ago, I don't do this anymore, I tried my hand during my like green fingers days of growing a bonsai tree. Now, if you're a bonsai tree grower, God bless you. You're a very special person because it takes like 10 years for you to see the result. Like after a while, I figured like I just don't have enough decades to, to see this thing turn into a mini tree. But I, I, I asked somebody in PE who's like a famous bonsai person to come and help me. And they were the weirdest, like honestly, the weirdest person. They were mumbling to the plant and they were using chopsticks to do stuff. And I was like, that's, those are not... Those are not my people. And I spoke to a friend, those are not my people. I spoke to a friend, I said, listen, is this guy like, he's just weird. He's like, yes, George, he is brilliant, but the weirdness comes with the brilliance. So now let me tell you, okay, first of all, if you're weird, maybe you're brilliant. But also, another amen from Matt. I don't understand what's going on. But also, but also secondly, if I wanted his treasure of knowledge, I have to take the package of the strangeness. If he wants tea with cinnamon in it and it must be, you know, waved over a flame, but if I need the treasure of what he knows, that's what I'm accepting with it. And I think we've got to honour that and acknowledge that uh, God loves us and we need to love people both for the package and the person. And stop being um, judgmental. Uh, and you know, it, we'd be very careful about that because you can land up with the, a package that has no person in it 
and um, you might judge a book by its cover incorrectly. So a company comes with the territory. The second thing that I think is valuable about things that come with the territory is that a change to your calendar comes with the territory. You know, to go back to, um, to, go back to pets, uh, I'm now blessed with two uh, partially saved pit bulls. Um, I say partially saved because I think they're saved some days of the week and not saved other days of the week. And uh, half are proper pit bulls and half is one and one isn't and one sort of is. The clever one is a proper pit bull. The other one isn't as sharp. Now please don't ask me to name them. But the one isn't sharp. He just has one trick though. It's a winner trick. When the clever one sits on the couch next to me and the other one wants to sit there, they know they don't stand a chance in an argument. The other one's just bigger. So he's learned one trick. He goes and stands at the door and box like there is a thief. The other one is like, what's going on here? And while she's making her way there, he's coming that way, plunks himself down and just smiles. And then she is so frustrated. She is so, and she's trying to wedge between us. And I'm like, you're a loser for this one. That's, I, can't, I can't help you. You, 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 you lost uh, this little argument. Uh, the point I wanted to make is that I think your enemy who knows he's not smart enough or strong enough to fight the work of the Lord will instead trick you by barking at nothing so you will go there and lose your space next to the seat and he will let something else sit there occupying what is meant for him by tricking you. Your enemy goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may pretend to devour. And you have to, you have to become aware of it. You have to make space. Is that capable? Yeah, capable. <laughs> you have to make space for that. And you have to acknowledge that I have to make calendar space for Christ. Comes with the territory. My mornings change. My evenings change. My routine changes a bit. Uh, it is part. It's part of the deal. In Ecclesiastes, that famous passage of scripture that was once sung by a band you guys don't know because you're so young. There is a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. You have to know the timing of things when you are a follower of Christ. There's some things just aren't for now. And some things are urgently for now. Jump on it. Do you know one of my biggest regrets in my faith um, and, and they're not, it's, not a, it's not regrets that I weep over. You know, the Lord is able to restore. But I regret that when I felt prompted to do something, I didn't do it then. I, I waited too long. The calendar of heaven is not the same as the calendar of earth. If you don't know that, I'm sure sometime or another, someone has said to you, you know, a thousand years, uh, is like a day to the Lord. And a day is like a thousand years. Have you ever noticed that uh, your urgent doesn't always seem to be God's urgent? Please, can you come through for me now? And the Lord says, I'll come through to you in time. Heaven's calendar and earth's calendar is not the same. When you are following the treasures of Jesus, your calendar changes and it becomes urgent when God puts something on your heart. And your adjustment to that is so incredibly important. It's part of the ter territory to respond 
to urgency or prompting, whatever language you this nudging of God that, that comes with the territory. And it is part of the treasure of being a follower of Christ. And then, and then one more. Uh, coming with the territory in following Christ, this idea of buying the field, cleaning the field, uh, uh, putting a wall around the field. There are repeated examples in Scripture that uh, remind us that uh, coming with the territory, when you want true treasure, you have to clean out things because that comes uh, with the territory. You know, um, I, I researched... Um, all the times people bought a field in the Bible and did something with it. There's some fascinating ones. David bought a field to sacrifice to the Lord. Some of you know the story. The guy wanted to give it to him for free, and he said, no, I don't want to take it for free. I want to give to the Lord something that um, I, I sacrificed for, um, and that's a powerful one. But you know one of the most frightening ones about buying a field? Uh, Judas. The 30 pieces of silver that Judas used to betray Jesus. Do you know what happened with that? They bought a field. <laughs> and uh, it gets a bit scary in the book of Acts. The Bible says he hanged himself on that piece of field. Um, there's a whole redemptive story to that, that that piece of field was known as the potter's field. And I've got a whole theory about that in my own journey with the Lord. But here's the thing. Uh, watch out what territory you're buying and how cluttered or complicated things can be, because that could become your trap at some point. And I wanted to encourage you that it's really important that if you want the treasure, you've got to keep the field, you've got to keep the territory clean. When I, um, when I did have huskies, I could never have visitors without locking them away. Not the visit. I didn't lock the visitors away. <laughs> Immediately that sounded very late night Discovery Channel. Um, I, I had to lock the dogs away, and the reason for that, I mean, even mine now, they're a bit overly friendly, not everybody likes, but the problem was the guests would leave with fur. And that was, you know, somebody comes dressed really nicely, wearing black, whatever, and now you're leaving looking like a wolf pack. It's not, do you know what I mean? It limited something. A choice here became a limiter there. So came with the territory. Do you know if you're if you're a certain kind of way, it limits your relationship ability, or it limits your business progress, or your promotability. That's true in practical things, spiritually too. I could land up with a ceiling over my head spiritually because I haven't kept the field clean. What is that? What is that space? I guess it's it's your heart. It's your headspace. It's, it's accepting all of Jesus, not just the, the shiny treasures I like, but also the surrender and, and the walks of obedience. It's, um, it, it's a understanding there's a cost. He bought the field. The treasure was free, eh? but the field, was, it cost something. And Christ, you know, Christ is, is my... It, is freely given. That's grace. But obedience is um, sacrificial. Isn't that true? Christ is, is free in the sense that um, he welcomes us all. But obed like obedience is, is not. Um, you'll know this one day when, when, those of you who've already done this will know what I mean, when you own a car. 
If you don't in a car yet, God bless you. I'm praying that you receive your Porsche. Um, no, no, that's a joke. That's a joke. You didn't even laugh. That's, uh, that you will receive your first reasonably priced, uh, economical and environmentally friendly Tesla. Um, <laughs> I, follow this, I follow this Instagram or YouTuber, the latest vehicles that are coming out it's just the future is too exciting. These cars can talk to you, make coffee for you. Like it's just the coolest thing. Um, but when you have a car someday, uh, um, and those of you who have it already will know exactly what I mean comes with the territory. You've got to fuel it and you've got to service it. You've got to clean it and you've got to watch out who you put in it. No, that's true. That's true. Because if I, you know... The first car didn't bother, but by the second or third car, you're not eating your McDonald's chips in my car while we're going somewhere. You're keeping it in the bag until you go to a place where you sit at a table like a big boy and you open your chips. Because I don't want you and the squirting of the sauces and the thing, and the car smells like McDonald's for three weeks afterwards. Then I have to go by KFC to counter the... <laughs> spirit and smell of the McDonald's. It's just a whole complicated mess because that's my territory and I'm keeping it clean. And you've got to watch out who you led in the car of your soul and in the car of your life and what you're doing there. And you might want to just put some things at the table like big boy and a big girl and do things right because if you don't, there's going to be a residual lingering in your life. The kingdom of heaven is like this. A man finds a treasure and he hides it in a field. And then he buys that field and enjoys the treasure. I really just wanted to reiterate tonight in this parable the importance of treasure and territory. The person of God and the people of God. The acts of obedience and the joy and the pleasure of following after a savior. And I wanted to remind you, to be mindful of the idea that if you don't create space, the devil will occupy space. And to remind you that if you don't clean things out, thorns and thistles grow. It takes us all the way back to that very story in the book of Genesis and Eden, that when the enemy came in and won the little argument about the apple, weeds grew where blessings were intended. So I wanted to encourage you tonight, in a moment when we stand to pray, uh, Will you check on the balance between treasure and territory? There's a verse in Acts that will sum it up really well. Uh, Peter was preaching about Jesus, the first sermon about Jesus. And he's talking to people who are not yet Christians, thousands of them. And some of them were there when Jesus was crucified and even cheered that Jesus should be crucified. And Peter makes the following statement in Acts chapter 2. He says, he says, This man, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, our God has made both Lord and Savior. Savior is the treasure. Lordship is the territory. Can you say amen to that? Will you stand with me? Let's pray. There's a little team here that's available to pray for you. There are also people going to prepare 
great coffee and um, have the pancakes ready. But also, there's communion in the front, and we encourage you any Sunday, every Sunday if you'd like, to go and share communion. At the communion stations, there are little prayer cards. You could write a confidential prayer. We pray as pastors during the week. Or you could testify, God came through for me, and we'll celebrate with you in a prayer of thanksgiving. All of those spiritual services are available every Sunday, but I like to remind you of them from time to time. So, should we pray? Would you mind closing your eyes for a moment and just uh, come to a crossroads in your heart about the value of the treasure and the territory and an acknowledgement that, Lord, you are a great treasure and you have put in me a great treasure. But I am also a vessel, a jar of clay. Uh, I want to build with gold, silver, precious stones and you are a, a treasure in a field and I want to take the whole thing. I want Lord and Saviour. I want the head and the body. I want to be part of God's family, but I also want to respect and love the rest of the family. Please really help me figure that out. Please just sort my heart out on those matters. And Lord, if we're feeling disconnected, let's take a moment to pray. Lord, if we're feeling disconnected from that, will you please remind us that our faith isn't only about the shiny bits, it's also about of dirt and of life. And Holy Spirit, will you tonight remind us of the beauty of the whole faith, the whole family of God, the whole gospel, the whole of truth. Thank you, Lord, that you love us, both the treasure and the turf. Thank you that in this most remarkable way, you put the divine um, in in the ordinary, in, in, in the earthly. Thank you, Lord, that you did that from Genesis by taking the dust of the ground and making man and then breathing into him. Thank you that you did that when you prayed for the blind man and spat on the ground and put, and put the divine and mixed it with the dirt and somehow there was something beautiful in that. Thank you, Lord, that we love you, but we love the people of God also, that it's part of our testimony. Thank you, Lord, that we make space for you, not only to be our Savior, but also our Lord, our, our final word, our final say. Thank you, Lord, that we keep the territory clean because when we do that, good things grow, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And tonight, Lord, we're not, a, we're not scared or afraid of buying the field. Thank you for the treasure that is free, this gift of grace that is free, but thank you for the field. We buy the field, Lord. We thank you for that. While you're in this space for a moment, if, if you know you need to make a shift in your life, you need to make a shift from picking and choosing to taking the whole thing, all of it, Lord, all of what comes with you, I'll take it. I'd like to pray with you for a moment. We've spent a, a day in church today really leaning into like, I want to make a commitment to that. And if that's where you are tonight, I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to make you come to the front. But I would like you to just raise your hand and say, hey, George, would you pray for me to take into my whole heart the whole truth, not bits of it, so that I can live the whole faith. Thank you. I, I do see some of your hands. I'm going to just step into the shadow so I can see more clearly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for acknowledging and responding just in your own heart. Yeah, thank you. Lord, I pray that you will 
see our hearts, that you will see the shift in our in our language and in our headspace, and that you will honor that. Holy Spirit, will you fill us with the full truth, all of the gospel for all of our hearts, that we would love you with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. We'll take the territory and the treasure in Jesus' name. Everybody said, would you give God a shout of praise and thanksgiving for his allness to us? I'd like to encourage you not to rush off. Make the most of your time here. It's wet out there. It's warm inside. So stick around. Thank you and God bless you, everybody.